Hello and welcome to the Surrey Postgraduate Podcast. Uh, my name is Mason Malloy and I am your host for today. And uh, today I am joined by Diana DeKeek. Hi. Hi Diana, very nice to have you. Um, thank you for taking the time and coming on to the podcast with me. No, any time. Uh, I love doing these. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so, Diana, you're a member of the uh, Postgraduate Society Committee as well. Yep. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your role? Yep. So, um, I've been in the committee for a couple of years now. So this is my second year as vice president. Um, and basically, it's just sort of doing the admin stuff, kind of keeping things ticking over, organising meetings, and sort of just supporting Lester in his role as president. Um, yeah, I enjoy the job. It's quite nice to try and sort of birth a postgrad community um, at Surrey because it isn't a very happening kind of community. And um, yeah, hopefully the society will bring that kind of vibe to the postgrad community this year and years to come. Definitely. And I think this year, more than ever before, we need that. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure there's been a lot of sort of feelings of disconnect the past couple of months and um, sort of a lot of uncertainty that if if one thing is stable, <laughs> hopefully it's us. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the um, FEPS lockdown survey came back um, this last week, I believe. And in that, they discussed um, the results of the survey. And interestingly, it wasn't anything to do with accessibility to uh, labs or equipment or anything that no was um, halting people's progress. It was the lack of the research community that they were experiencing. Oh, very true. I, I can't imagine sitting in my house and not having, I, I bounce quite a lot of my ideas off, um, off like other PhD students in my office. Like, oh, like, you know, um, there's someone in my office who's also in the, uh, postgrad committee uh, Elliot and him and I doing quite similar PhDs and I'll always turn around or he'll turn around to me and we'll ask like quite silly questions to each other but it's just so good to have someone just to bounce thoughts off um, yeah absolutely yeah. it's so necessary um, yeah it, even just um, being able to talk to someone else yep <laughs> is so important friends yeah 100%. Uh, so you um, mentioned there that um, you have quite a few good office friends. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what your work actually is? Yeah, so um, I'm a... So officially, my PhD is a PhD in veterinary medicine and science, um, which I don't love the title of. So I kind of tell people, if they ask me what I'm doing a PhD in, I say... I'm doing a PhD in immunology and virology. So sort of at the core sort of layman's term, terms of what my PhD is, it's sort of looking at horse um, white blood cells and sort of seeing how they interact with certain equine viruses. So okay. yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Very interesting stuff. <laughs> um, what was it that led you to do a PhD? Um, so I was quite against doing a PhD initially, simply because um, I'm an international student and it kind of costs uh, 
sort of a lot more a lot <laughs> yeah too much um so I kind of never had it in my head that I'd do one because I didn't um sort of have the resources to do it and I was just a little bit um I didn't really want to put that kind of financial burden on my family so after my placement year which I did where I'm doing my PhD now um at the Animal and Plant Health Agency um so after that um I sort of arranged with my supervisor to do my undergraduate uh, dissertation project there as well and sort of at the end of that he was like oh like you know do you want to continue the project as a PhD uh, and I said to him that no um, you know I can't afford it and I'm going to do a master's in international relations that was kind of my plan at the time and okay. uh, so he, he sort of came back to me and said well I've got your like tuition covered um, and you know apply for this this and this and your tuition will be covered uh, would you do it then? And sort of that sort of made me sort of sit back and think, you know, I don't think another opportunity like this will come any other time sort of in my life. And this is a project I enjoy and techniques that I have done. And, you know, obviously I've learned some new things since, but sort of the beginning of my project was very much um, based on techniques I've done my dissertation on. So I kind of thought, yeah, why not? Like, this is something I enjoy, you know, what an opportunity and I kind of just fell into my PhD to be honest it just kind of it just kind of happened to me but um <laughs> yeah well um it, it seems like you're enjoying it um and not regretting doing a PhD no no I don't regret it so much um it's definitely it's definitely difficult I feel like the shift from sort of undergrad to a PhD without sort of, I mean, like, you know, you've done the same, a lot of people in my office have done the same, but learning to be sort of, you know, not so much independent in the lab as much as independent thought, I found that hard in the beginning, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, with the so undergrad, you're a lot more guided in what you 100%. can do. Yeah. And even, you know, my dissertation project was very much like, you know, I was independent in that dissertation project, but the plan wasn't really my own you know I maybe swapped out one antibody for another with one justification but that was my you know only experience of you know intellectual sort of what would drive the project so you know that, that my first year of my PhD that was it was difficult to come to terms with you know it's my PhD I need to decide what happens and I yeah. struggled with that a little bit um in terms of seeing a vision, you know? Yeah, be being in charge of um, your work for the first time is quite freeing, but also quite scary, I think. Yeah, I think for me it was very much like, you know, it's a very common thing that pops up in PhD conversations is the whole imposter syndrome thing. I was like, I don't want, you know, my supervisor to regret asking me to do it, to sort of have in the back of his head, like, oh, I really wish I just pushed this PhD project out and interviewed somebody else instead of this girl. But, you know, I think that's just sort of insecurities, perfectionism sort of coming through. I think yeah. I'm okay, you know, but I, you know. I, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I know, I have no regrets. Good. No, it's um definitely something that a lot of people do experience, imposter syndrome. Um, and then it's a case of getting a weird inception 
like happening of oh well if they've got imposter syndrome then why do i have imposter syndrome and you have an imposter imposter syndrome <laughs> it's just like a cycle i think of people like just all these phd students just buzzing there with like some sort of anxious energy like hoping to get as much done in a good way and it's just it's quite funny to watch sort of in my office just loads of phd students like just sort of like is this right? What is this? Like, what even is a white blood cell at the end of the day? It's quite funny. <laughs> um, so talking about um, your work with um, white blood cells and immunology and virology, um, shall we address the elephant in the room? Of how, how has your uh, work been affected by COVID? <laughs> um, so the first couple of months, um, so the APHA where I work, the Animal Plant Health, in- Health Agency, is a government agency. So they really, you know, fought hard to not close. So when quite a lot of people at Surrey were kind of sent home, we weren't, um, which there are mixed feelings about that. We won't go too far into that. But um, <laughs> I was quite lucky to sort of keep working for a certain amount of time. And then I think in about April... Um, I applied to do COVID testing and then did that for two months. So obviously in that time, okay. I wasn't I wasn't in the lab at all. Well, I wasn't in my PhD lab at all. I was in a COVID mm. lab. Um, <laughs> but that would, so I don't know, that was a really good experience. And I think that if I look back and sort of from speaking to other people, I was quite lucky to have been busy in that period and not have been sort of stuck at home when, going out wasn't really possible when you know going to the shop and you had one exercise a day I was quite lucky because we couldn't really social distance in this covid lab so I essentially had a a social life I met new people I was working you know I was I think one of the lucky ones yeah it was a like such a good experience um so I think I was quite lucky yeah I um was uh still able to carry out some research as part of um, the UK Mass Spectrometry Consortium into COVID. Oh, very um, cool. And that definitely helped me keep sane through everything. Yep. I think um, if if I didn't have that, I would have absolutely gone stir-crazy. And yeah, I... shut up at home for such a long time. I completely agree. I think I would have... I would have been the same. I'm such a busybody that even on my days off when I was at home... At least on a night shift, I'd be asleep. But in the day, I'd be like twiddling my thumbs, like I don't really, I don't really know what to do with myself with the next two days. Um, so yeah, I was, I think I was very fortunate to have done that. And then by the time that was over, the labs were opening again, and I kind of fell straight back into doing lab work again. So yeah, I think I've been one of yeah, the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, so now that you're returning back to um, your PhD lab. What kind of changes are there? How have things been forced to change to deal with the social distancing and all of the additional health and safety? Yeah, so it's not so much a problem because a lot of people that spend a lot of time at their computers have been sent home anyway and are continuing to work from home. But sort of the one thing that is a bit of a struggle is, so we have a one of the labs has a capacity of one person. So only one person is allowed to be in there. So each lab has been given a certain number of people that are allowed to be in there at a certain time. 
and um, or at one time. And the one lab that I have to go into kind of often only has one person, is only allowed to have one person at a time in it. So that's just a bit annoying because, you know, now you have to book the room. And, yeah. you, you know, I share it with um, a diagnostic team, which take precedent really because, you know, their work is much more essential than mine is. But sort of that's just a bit annoying, um, you know, that's a restriction that's hard to deal with. I have to be very much like every minute has to be a bit more planned so I can make sure that I'm in there and out in time to let them in and out, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. And what else do we have? People, people are still being very careful where I work, which is probably, yeah, probably more than I can say for probably anywhere else I go in the UK. So it's quite I, interesting. I, I think that it is better to be safe than sorry. Over in chemistry, our labs are, we've got the occupancy posters on the doors, we've got tape markings on the floor, uh, uh, two meter intervals uh, to make it easy for everyone to say, hey, this is my zone that I'm working in for the moment, don't cross the tape. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it is best to be safe rather than sorry. People, people are being careful. It just surprises me that at work is where they're being the most careful. Um, so it's just ideal. So, uh, Diana, we actually came to Surrey at the same time. Um, yes. Very, what seems like a very, very long time ago, back it in does. 2014. It feels like so long ago. But yeah, we came, we were, what, what were we, first years together. And, um, yeah. I think I'm sure we spent Freshers' Week together as well. How exciting. Yeah, because um, you lived in the uh, flats opposite me on Manor Park. Yep, I did, I did, I did. How exciting. And um, Yeah, so we've, we've known each other for a very long time and now we're we on committee together. Yep. Um, that took a long time to happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, you you did keep asking me, and I was always just going, hmm, I've, I've got other things going on. Um, do, do I have the time? <laughs> and um, I, I've realised that this year is what it's what I wanted to do. Um, I'm so glad you've done it. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> but how would you say your sorry experience overall has been across these oh, six years? I know so long. Um, yeah, I think I think I've loved my sorry experience. I think I'm a little bit of a poster girl in a way. I just, you know, <laughs> sorry everything. Um, I've got involved in sort of things I probably would have never gotten involved in um, had I another uni. If I'd gone somewhere else, um, like you know, joining the equestrian club, which is like the first thing I did coming to Surrey, um, that sort of catapulted me into all these other roles that I've done, um, you know, like roles in the union, running for elections, um, course rep stuff. It's just given me sort of the confidence and personal sort of education, I suppose, to, I don't know, I feel like I've just really grown into myself at Surrey. I was much more shy and closed and just much smaller as a person. Uh, than I am now so it's it's been such a good experience I think yeah I, I can relate to you on that front definitely um I, I know I have definitely grown since coming to Surrey yeah 
Um, so just a few more questions before we wrap up for this segment. Um, for any future postgraduate students, what one piece of advice would you give? Oh, um, it would always probably be that sort of the research is not the only thing, you know, going on in your life. Surrey is, you know, to, to quote themselves, great things happen here. There's a multitude of like clubs and societies and volunteering and leadership roles that you can get involved in that I think people, especially in the postgrad community, are really missing out on by sort of having this like only in the office culture, sort of not really stepping out your office. And I think my advice to a PhD student going anywhere, you know, whether it be sorry or not, would be to get involved in things that are outside your office. Okay, yeah, um, definitely something to agree with. Um, a lot of people seem to underestimate the kind of the transferable skills, I guess, of um, getting involved in things outside of 100%. the office. 100%. Yeah, and I, I think, it, you know, obviously the things that you learn doing, you know, something else, but also you know, if I, from personal experience, if I didn't do any sport, I, my brain would be fried. There's no ways I'd successfully do a PhD if I didn't also uh, do some sort of activity. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that there are so many positive sort of outlets of, you know, energy, pent up frustration, you know, doing a PhD is so frustrating. You, well, I don't know if it's just me, <laughs> but things go wrong no, quite a no, lot. It's, it's definitely not just you. Um... <laughs> There's, there's been days when I've been in the lab and I've come out wanting to turn my hair out and just yeah. think, okay, I, I need to just go on the PlayStation for a bit and exactly. take my mind somewhere, anywhere else. Yeah, and I think that recognising that, you know, you know, you just saying like, oh, I need to just, you know, I just need to play, like bash out an hour of PlayStation and I'll be okay. Just knowing what your outlet is, is so important. And I think if... Um, if you can get that by sort of socialising or doing a sport or an activity, you know, it's absolutely taking that opportunity to just be like, this is my downtime. I need to not think about all these things that just went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the last question, um, the, the one question that everyone dreads, as we're both second years, um, <laughs> oh, maybe no. we haven't dedicated oh. a lot of time to this um do you have any uh, post phd plans um probably the quick answer is no um i have like you know a couple of thoughts things that i wouldn't necessarily you know i wouldn't mind doing certain things like i wouldn't mind going into academia it's just quite hard for me to sort of focus all my um i don't even the word is all my interests into one sort of field or job you know I don't I'm not necessarily convinced that I'll stay in science but it's kind of hard to see what else I could do you know I'm not from a sort of science family so it's I don't have a lot of people I can kind of look to and be like oh well you did a science degree but you didn't really end up doing science it's kind of hard to to know what all the options are but at the exact yeah. same time, I feel flooded with options, if that makes any sense. It's like, oh, you could do academia, you could go into research, you could do this. But I'm not convinced that those are the right options for me, so... Yeah, well, um, luckily you've still got some time left. I know. 
<laughs> got to get heavy on the googling for jobs in about a year so yeah um when, when it really hits crunch time it's just going to be a case of sending off application after application i feel like that'll be um my ideal thesis writing procrastination <laughs> yeah um I, I think it will be the same for me um but then again knowing myself it's probably going to be more a case of spend half an hour writing thesis take a short break spend half yeah. an hour doing applications <laughs> back to the thesis at least you're going back i just feel like i won't go back <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm saying I'd go back. In reality, I don't know if that would happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll have another podcast in a year and see how we're doing. I, I think if we've got time um, to do a podcast in a year, then we should be okay. <laughs> Good point. Well, it has been absolutely lovely having you on the podcast, Diana. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening to Surrey Postgrad Podcast so far. We hope you're enjoying it. If you'd like to nominate a Surrey Postgraduate to be interviewed, or you would like to be a host of the podcast yourself, please get in touch with us, the Postgraduate Society, by emailing ussu.pgs at surrey.ac.uk or following at Surrey Postgrads on Instagram or Twitter. Hello and welcome back to the Surrey Postgraduate Student Podcast. Uh, I'm now joined with the Students' Union President, uh, Lizzie Rundelson. Hi Lizzie. Hi Nathan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Glad to hear it. Um, so do you want to uh, talk a little bit about what uh, you do as the President of the Students' Union? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, as Nathan said, my name's Lizzie, um, and I came into office as the president about five weeks ago now. Um, and I was Surrey's vice president activity just before that. So I've been quite involved in the union for a couple of years now. Um, my key role as president is to be the key link between the university and the union. Um, so that covers a whole host of different things. Um, I have a team of four vice presidents who cover more specific areas of student life. Um, so I have Theo um, who represents voice, Evie who represents community, Maya who represents activity and then Aaron who represents support. Um, but my main role is to culminate kind of all of them. Um, I have regular meetings with the executive board and senior management of the university to really get those big projects up and running and make sure that students are involved in every decision. Fantastic. Um, as you can probably tell, that's um, a lot of responsibility. Uh, so <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time to come onto the show. Not to worry, it's always a pleasure. Uh, so you said that it's been about five weeks since you took the position of the Students' Union President, but before that you were a Vice President. How would you say that your experience as a sabbatical officer has been over the past year and a bit? Yeah, um, it's, I suppose over the past five weeks um, it's been very different. Um, as Vice President Activity you're very much in a little bubble of clubs and societies and everything you do um, is, is for clubs and societies and that's your world. And then stepping out of that little bubble um, to look at wider student 
kind of experience has been really really enlightening um and i've loved it um my experience in sab in general has been really really positive um i love talking to students every day that my job is to just chat to people every day um and it's great and it really gives you the opportunity to make change we always say to students that you have the opportunity to make change but you really really do um you don't have to be a sabbatical officer or be be an elected officer at the union to do that um we're here to advocate for students as well um, and it's a real kind of honor to be representing so many students and seeing the smile on a student's face or getting a getting an email saying oh something's gone right um after they've had a chat to us is is one of the most rewarding things that you can get out of the job. That's really lovely. Um, so with everything that's been happening over the past six months now, um, well, uh, five months since um, lockdown it started like roughly, <laughs> it, it feels like a lot longer. <laughs> um, how has that changed things um, in your job? Yes, yeah, so um, the whole pandemic had started to have a real big impact on um, my predecessor's job and then obviously it's continued quite a lot. So the previous team were very much how do we support students through the pandemic and we're continuing that with the new team. Um, but our focus is very much also on how do we successfully and effectively bring students out of the pandemic. So we're going to have students back on campus in September. So it's only what a month and a month and a week or something like that so it's it's not too long but when when i was elected um, this isn't quite what i expected um but the promises made on on my manifesto for example are still promises that i aim to achieve um it just it's changed the little bits around it um and no one no one's ever experienced a pandemic um so we're all kind of quite new into it and we're all doing our best kind of as we go along and hopefully students are happy with the things that students are doing and working with the university but as always if, if there's something we can be doing better please do let us know um, because we, we can do the best thing for students and the best thing is to hear from you. Okay that's great thank you um, and when uh, this episode goes up I'll make sure to put the general uh, students union contact details in the description. Oh that thank you. Um, so moving on um, a little bit to the uh, specifics of um, what does the students union do to support postgraduate students in particular? Yeah so this is a conversation that's been had I know for the past couple of years um, some postgraduate students do their undergrad at the university and then move on um, to do a postgraduate degree. Whereas some students just come straight and do their postgraduate, sorry. Um, I think it's very important to remember that we do have two different groups of postgrads. Um, so something that we try and kind of make sure that we remember in the SU is that you have your postgraduate taught students, but you also have your postgraduate research students who have very, very different needs. Um, in terms of the support we offer throughout last year, I know um, our last DP community set up some kind of breakfast as a start to get to know um, some more of our postgrad students and to have that kind of conversation over a bacon roll, for example, of what we can do for them. Um, I know generally, for example, in the poll survey, 
postgrads have been a little bit um, less satisfied with what the SU offers, but this is this is where we kind of want to work with the postgraduate society who do amazing things, and we're lucky to have some postgrads um, as some of our part-time officers um, this year. So to really, really work with them to make sure that we are giving the best provision to all our students. I think sometimes the focus can very much be on undergraduates, um, but postgraduates are just as important. And we will represent postgrads and we will listen to just as much as everyone else. And if there are specific needs that need changing, please let us know. Um, I know something that was that's been raised recently is around the balancing learning and also teaching. Um, so some postgrads teach alongside their research um, and how we support them managing that. And that's something that we really want to, to kind of look at this year and make sure that our support services are suitable for students who are doing this. Yeah, I agree. That is something that is incredibly important. Um, there's been a lot of talk um, in my research community bubble about um, how things like demonstrating the uh, labs and such is going to change. Um, are we going to have to put in more hours because they're going to have to split the cohort down the middle? Um, and I, I feel like one of the biggest things that's been missing is the communication. But uh, as you said before, this is a pandemic and nobody's been through this before. There's no kind of precedent for what to expect. So um, the, I, I think the university does need to be a bit more open and clear with its communications, but at the same time, they're having to sort everything out on the fly as much as they can. Definitely, and I think something that we've tried to very much kind of tell the university is that even if they don't have an answer right here, right now, just tell students that you're working on it, tell them that we've heard your voice, we've heard what you want to change, and we're working on it, because I think students appreciate hearing that. If they don't hear anything, everyone assumes that kind of, oh, well, I haven't heard anything, nothing's happening about it. Um, often it something will be happening in the background, but just telling students that they have been listened to is, is a real benefit and something the university does need to, to kind of do a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, so uh, one of the um, things that I've actually participated in myself um, that the student union does to help postgraduate students in particular is um, of course, there's course reps across all of the different uh, courses, both undergrad and postgraduate tour and postgraduate research. Um, but one of the things in particular that there is for the research community is uh, faculty specific um, student engagement forums. And uh, last year, I was actually the chair of the um, FEPS postgraduate research student engagement forum, and I sat on the board um, the uh, Faculty Research and Degrees Committee, um, where a lot of different things are uh, brought up, such as the um, the PRES results uh, each year, and the way that the faculty is moving forward um, in things like this. Uh, do you want to talk a bit more about what that actually entails and how that is um, something that the Students' Union is um, very keen to keep going and continuing, having this student representation. 
Definitely. Um, student representation is so important. We we will never get anything right unless we talk to students. Students are the ones there living it, breathing it, and you're the ones that it will ultimately affect. Yes, I'm a student representative. I was a student at Surrey, so I finished um, my degree in last year in um, 2019. But we need to hear from the students that are actually affected. Um, and if we can make changes as and when they happen, will positively affect the students that are here and the students that, that it's affecting now, which is really, really important. Um, with the postgraduate kind of engagement forums, um, I sat on the um, Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences one last year. Um, and I'll admit it was quite daunting at first. Um, I wasn't as clued up, I think, as I could have been on... In the initial meeting, some of the things that postgrads do kind of go through, but that really highlighted to me that actually I don't know that much about what what education's like unless it's undergraduate education, um, which being a SAB last year really, really opened my eyes to it. And yeah, as you said, student representation is just so important and something that I encourage all students to do but especially postgrads is never feel like anything's too big or too small even if it's if it's something small like you want an extra water cooler in 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 a lab or something like that or whether it's something bigger that affects assessments please do get in contact because if it if you're thinking it i guarantee other people are thinking it too um and if it's going to affect your student experience then we want to make sure each individual student experience is as good as possible Fantastic. Um, yeah, on that note, um, just as a reminder to uh, all postgrads listening, um, you can always get in contact with your course rep. Um, hopefully you know who they are. And if not, you can also just get in contact with the Students' Union directly, who will be able to um, direct you and show you different ways that you can actually get involved and make these changes. Yeah, definitely. We... We have a lot of contact with the university in terms of they run little working groups um, and they run different sessions with us. And this year, one of my personal aims is to make sure that we get student representation on as many of them as possible. So if any um, postgrads out there are thinking, oh, we really need a working group for, for this, that or the other, let us know. Um, because Or if there's anything specific that you guys think, right, we really need input on this. Let, let me know, um, because we'll do everything we can to make sure that you can have input. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was a open invitation there. So if anybody uh, really feels the need to um, raise something important, uh, please do get in touch um, either directly to the Postgraduate Society and we can help um, direct you further or uh, go to the union itself. Definitely, we want to hear everyone and anyone. <laughs> um, so one of the last questions that I wanted to ask about was um, I've been a student here for uh, for six years now, actually. I did my undergrad here and um, I was relatively involved with the union, uh, definitely towards the latter half of my undergrad. Um, and because of that, I've continued to be involved in the union uh, throughout my postgrad so far. Um, but there does seem to be a lack of engagement overall with postgrads in the union. Um, 
obviously this is something that both the union as a whole and in particular the postgrad society are trying to overcome. Um, do you want to briefly talk a little bit, Lizzie, about um, the different ways that the union are trying to make the union a bit more accessible for postgrads? Yeah, of course. Um, so we're very open to kind of having those those little bit more difficult conversations. Um, so as you said, Mason, there is, I think there has been the feeling of a bit of a divide and it it's a conversation that not everyone may feel comfortable having, but we need to have it because we postgrads are just as part, just as much part of the Surrey community um, as as undergrads. We're lucky that um, Maya, um, our VP activity, is just um, finishing her post her masters, so has kind of got a little bit of that background. Um, in terms of what we're doing, it. It's very much considering, um, obviously, the new team have come in. So at the moment, we've been very much looking back on what happened last year. So I know that um, the voice zone in particular did a lot with postgrads, um, and then the, the community zone as well did that as well. Um, I think that's a really, really good starting point because, for example, the breakfasts get get the postgrads in the SU and get them with the SABs and kind of get that conversation flowing. Um, Nothing, nothing better to bring students together than free food. Um, of course. So, <laughs> everyone loves a bit of free food. Um, so in terms of things like that, we're hoping to, to continue um, that kind of initial engagement. I know that um, The Voice Zone, for example, did kind of exhibitions with the postgrads looking at, looking at their research and it's back to being proud of our students. Some of our postgrads do absolutely phenomenal research throughout their time at university and we don't hear enough about it. Um, I'm working quite closely with the university at the moment to, to look at a campaign of how we can celebrate students and what they do. I um, know some postgrads and seeing seeing the things that they do and seeing their projects sat there as someone who is very more practical and academic, I, I am absolutely amazed at what some of these postgrads do and we need to celebrate it a little bit more um so we're hoping to be able to do that and it will it will rely on postgrads kind of celebrating themselves we want postgrads to be really proud of what they're doing it it's not a small achievement to be doing a postgrad um, whether you're postgrad taught or postgrad research it is a huge huge achievement and we want you to be proud as well um in terms of kind of wider Engagement with postgrads, as I said, we're quite lucky to have some postgrads um, on our zone this year. Um, so Lester is um, one of our part-time officers, and working closely with them will really give us insight into what postgrads want. Um, the Postgraduate Society has always been really engaged with the union. Um, I know they've put on, for example, Give It A Go sessions, and when they've attended, um, for example, archery um, and things like that. So that shows how much that postgrads want to get involved so we need to put in the same amount from our end um so i'll hold my hands up and say i pretend i don't think i know enough about what postgrads want out of the union um i've only been an undergraduate at surrey um so i see it from that end but i really want to make sure that everything that we do this year is what you guys want there's no point us again kind of real talk there's no point us putting on something that postgrads don't want or that postgrads don't feel will benefit them 
Um, so, for example, we've got a um, an informal student forum next week. Um, so the information will go out on Monday, and it it's a forum with just the five sabbatical officers. It's myself and the VPs, and it's a chance for students to to tell us anything and everything. They we want to hear from students from all across the university about things they want to change. Um, so I would really, really love to see some postgrads there. Um, if you guys can make it, I know you have other commitments and um, research and things like that. But being there in a kind of environment like that and just being able to have these open and honest conversations, there's nothing too harsh for us to hear. Um, if you want to turn around and say this is absolutely rubbish, scrap it. That's fine. <laughs> we're here. We're here to listen. Um, so yeah, just. I, I fully recognise I need some more education on what postgrads want and hopefully that's something that we can work quite closely with the postgrad society going forward um, and with Absolutely. our postgrads with our postgrads on the zone as well to to improve postgrad student experience really. That's really lovely. Thank you for that, Lizzie. Um, and from the side of the postgraduate society itself, um, we are um, looking at putting putting on events throughout the um, current situation uh, remotely and once things start to be a case that we can start meeting each other again in person um, we'll be very much looking forward to seeing everyone in person and meeting you all okay uh, thank you very much lizzie it has been a pleasure talking to you Thank you for having me, Mason. And uh, thank you all for listening. Bye. That is the end of today's episode of the Surrey Postgraduate Student Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your fellow Surrey postgrads and subscribe. We'll look forward to bringing you regular conversations with postgrads, Surrey alumni, and those who work to make our experience better. If you want to share your stories, please let us know at ussu.pgs at surrey.ac.uk or follow us on our socials at Surrey Postgrads.